Let's talk to the quarterback of the show, uh, the one and only Steve Berline. Uh, Steve, of course, a, a former Raider himself, and uh, we talk a lot of Raiders uh, uh, with Steve. But uh, what's going on, my man? Hey, what do you say, my my good friend there in uh, Chickenville, USA? <laughs> Chickenville it is. That'd be, that would be actually from an eating standpoint. I know he's not calling me a chicken, but yes, no, diving no, no. into that chicken. Uh, no question, my friend. It's, it's all good. Right away. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah, good. Love to hear it, man. So what do you make of this? When, when you heard the news yesterday about Derek Carr being benched and then the decision for him to stay away from the team, uh, give me your thoughts. You know, it's, uh, it's a really, really difficult stage uh, for any organization to be in. And, um, you know, you feel for the, the, the magnitude of the decision both ways and, and the implication of what it means. Um, you know, I think the Raiders have been more than fair to Derek Carr over the years. Um, without a lot to show for it. Now, he's obviously been in a lot of very unique situations and a lot of very difficult situations. And, you know, the one real opportunity that he had to, to potentially go deep in the playoffs, he had that unfortunate um, uh, leg injury uh, that, that kept him from from playing into the playoffs. That was back when they were in Oakland. Um, but, you know, you look at how he's played and um, – uh, especially in the, in the last game against Pittsburgh, it was a horrible effort on his part. Um, and, you know, he's thrown interceptions in five consecutive games and, you know, uh, the stats on the season are, are average, uh, at best, uh, for, for, you know, top tier NFL quarterbacks. So you can understand where the Raiders are coming from. Now, I'm a little bit surprised because they are still mathematically, you know, in the hunt. Uh, for the playoffs. I mean, they, 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 it could happen, a very slim chance, but, uh, most teams, I think, don't make a decision like this until they're, they're eliminated. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's a tough call both ways. I know Josh McDaniel didn't take it lightly. I'm sure Mark Davis and the Raider organization put a lot of, a lot of hours into trying to make this decision and, uh, you feel for Derek Carr, but, um, you know, it, it uh, you figure something was going to happen after this season anyway. This just kind of makes it very clear to everybody that, that Derek Carr probably uh, is no longer uh, going to be a quarterback for the Raiders. Steve, what is your opinion? And we talked about this before, but just now with 15 games under Josh McDaniel's system here, what do you think of Carr as a quarterback, his overall ability, but the ability to lead, the ability to win a Super Bowl, I mean, when you when we see some of the mistakes that he's made, uh, some of the throws, some of the decisions, ball security, and then you know specifically for me, you know he wanted Devonte Adams, but for Devonte Adams to get two balls thrown his way, you know, for a total of fifteen yards last week, and we've seen Devonte be very upset about this, you know. They just, it seems that he's looking off Devontae. He's afraid to trust him. He's afraid to throw to him. Uh, give me your overall opinion about what you've seen from Derek specifically this year. Well, well, first off, Devontae, you know, he's, he's had a really nice run for, for the second half of the season for sure. They had a little trouble getting it going early in the year. Um, you know, personally, uh, you know, Pittsburgh came into that game thinking we are not going to give you. Uh, uh, give Devontae Adams a chance to 
to impact this football game. And to me, that's on the quarterback to to make sure that the the opposing team pays the price if they decide to commit that heavily to taking away your star player. And you you have a a, a tight end in, in Darren Waller who um, has missed most of the season. He wasn't much of a factor when he was healthy early in the season. Say what you want about it. But in that, I, I was watching that game, the last play of the game uh, for the Raiders. I think it was fourth and four or something like that. And he tried to throw a fade route to Devontae Adams into tight double coverage and the ball sailed out of bounds. I looked at the replay several times. Darren Waller was one-on-one on that play. And, and he's a big target and that athletic guy over the middle of the field that, that, that would have given Derek Carr a very good opportunity to convert that, that, that fourth and four. And, you know, decision-making in those situations is so important. And, uh, I mean, any situation it's important, but, you know, to be able to identify the matchups and there's not, I, I, that's one play I'm talking about, but it just kind of, to me, I sat there and I watched it over and over again. I was like, what was he thinking there? I mean, he's, he's a veteran quarterback. He's been around for a long time. I've defended him many, many times over the years, um, thinking that if they just got the support around him, that he could, he could take this team on a deep run. But, uh, you know, there's some things that have happened during the course of this year. I didn't like the way earlier in the year when uh, he got frustrated in that one press conference and kind of questioned publicly the, the significance or the importance of uh, of the full commitment of all of his teammates, and uh, there are some of those things that that I think that that do some damage internally that are hard to recover from, and especially when you're not playing super good football. So you know if you're if you're playing really well and you want to come out and make a statement like that, uh, then you you have every right in the world to come out and do it because you're ba- you're able to to back it up by your performance. But when you're when you're not playing very well and you're calling out other people. Uh, publicly, uh, not by name, but, but you're calling out your teammates publicly. To me, I think that that creates internal issues. And, and maybe as the season went along, it just became a, a decision for the Raiders to say, Hey, you know, it's, it's time to maybe move on. We've given him a chance to, 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 to show if he can do it or not. It hasn't happened. Here's Devontae Adams talking, uh, about, uh, the thoughts about, uh, Derek Carr being benched and what this means to, uh, Devontae. I don't want to sit here and make this entire thing about that. I think we're just going to knock this out in, in a in a little single hitter here. But, I mean, um, obviously, I don't think anybody was excited about it in here. Um, you know, him being one of one of my really good friends and, you know, the reason why I came here in the first place. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't be here right now if he wasn't the you know, if he wasn't here. So um, I think everybody knows how I feel about him. And, and you know, with that said, there's a uh, there's a process of how things go and I'm not going to sit here and, and go on and on. But obviously, I support my guy and, um, you know, I, you know, we, we got to finish the season out, you know, the best way we can possible with, you know, all things considered at this point. But, uh, yeah, Devonte Adams, again, the reason why he came here was to play with his college teammate, uh, Derek Carr. Steve Berline joins us. A former quarterback and a former Raider quarterback talking about this. Steve, how much of this is maybe right guy, maybe with the wrong team? We know he's spent his entire career here with the Raiders and, and he's had some decent seasons. He's through for 4,000 yards was last season. But, you know, for the most part, you know, we haven't seen a very consistent Derek Carr, a very good Derek Carr. 
But then again, you know, Raiders haven't had great offensive lines, haven't had good defenses, ranking near, you know, the bottom in the defensive categories is about every year he's been a Raider. Does he possess the intangibles to be a guy to maybe lead another team to a Super Bowl? Well, the the intangibles, you know, I think are hard to to measure and quantify. Uh, Everybody's different. But I, I, I did not for one second imply that I don't think Derek Carr can play. Uh, because I've seen him play and I've been, as I said, very supportive of him over the years. Uh, but sometimes, you know, relationships run their course and, and players need, uh, uh, to get a fresh start. And, um, this to me is one of those situations. I think there are a lot of teams that would love to give Derek Carr a chance to, to show if he can do it or not. That would, that would, they think he's still got plenty of gas in the tank. I still think he does as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams out there that could be fits for him. And you could look at, uh, the, the, the commanders, whatever they decided to do. You can look at the New York Jets. You can look at a lot of other teams. We can go down the list and, yeah. and pick out potential landing spots for him. And sometimes you, we, we, we all know stories about quarterbacks that have rejuvenated their careers when given a new opportunity. And I think that could very well happen with Derek Carr. This is going to be something that would be very difficult to come back from. Uh, and wear the silver and black next to the way this this season is ending. As a quarterback, how tough is it to overcome a bad or a patched up offensive line? Or on the other side, you know, we talked about the, the bad defenses the Raiders have had. How tough is that for a quarterback uh, when you're talking about being successful? Well, it's very tough. Uh, obviously, the quarterback's best friend. Uh, uh, I should say best friends. Mm-hmm. I've always said this are, are a great running game and a great defense. Uh, if you, if you got, uh, the support of a really good running game, you know, the defenses are going to have to commit to stopping the run. You're going to get great one-on-one matchups on the outside. Uh, the Raiders have had that this year with Josh Jacobs and how he's played. Uh, the other best friend for uh, a quarterback is, is a great defense because you don't feel like you have to, always outscore the opponent. You don't have to force the issue and try and uh, light up the scoreboard every single week. If you've got a defense that can just keep you in ball games and give you a chance to win, uh, that's been an area of contention for sure. And then challenge for the Raiders and um, you know, but, but you, you, you can't make excuses. You still have to find a way to get it done. Um, he's had chances over the years with teams that, that needed to find a way to, to win one or two games late in the season uh, uh, you know, to, to make that, uh, that playoff, uh, dance. And it just hasn't happened for him. Um, and I'm, you're not gonna, I think it's wrong to go through all the different scenarios or things that happened that he, the challenges that he's had, uh, because you could do that for every quarterback in the league. I mean, it, you, you could find ways to, to make excuses for them not performing, uh, very well. Um, the bottom line is when, when you get the opportunity to make plays, you got to make them and, uh, it just hasn't happened enough this year for, for Derek Carr. And, you know, we, everybody blames Josh McDaniel for the losses that the Raiders have had when they've had those big leads uh, throughout the course of the season. At some point, your playmakers have to make plays, too, right. to protect those leads and to, and to, to convert the third downs and to, to get into scoring position and to, you know, score touchdown instead of settling for a field goal. Those things fall on players making plays at key moments, too. And I'm sure there's an argument to be made that, that he had opportunities to do that in some of those games, maybe that's all going into the, the decision-making process. All right. 
let's uh, change gears a little bit. You know, Saturday is huge. Uh, looking forward to this. We're after, you know, more than 30 days waiting. And we're finally going to get our, our college football playoff and our two semifinal games. Let's uh, quickly break down both games, man, from your standpoint. TCU and Michigan. All right. We'll, uh, we'll kick it off. Look forward to this. Uh, Michigan's an eight point favorite. We know TCU have had a, a, a great season, uh, a miracle season, but they did not win the Big 12 championship. And Michigan has just pretty much been steamrolling along, even though they had a couple close calls, especially that, that game against Illinois, but then they steamrolled Ohio State. Uh, give me your thoughts, man, uh, on the matchups here. And could we potentially see an upset in either one of these games? Well, I, I don't, I don't see it happening. Um, you know, I really think that, that Michigan, um, in my mind, I would, I would say even ahead of Georgia is the favorite, um, because of how they absolutely manhandled Ohio State in the, in the horseshoe and just the way they did that, the confidence that they're riding on. They're obviously a very focused team. I've got buddies in, in Phoenix on the Fiesta Bowl committee that are pissed off. Because uh, Jim Harbaugh and the, and the Michigan team have completely um, locked out any liaisons from the from the Fiesta Bowl committee yeah. from doing their normal things and being involved and kind of being part of the welcoming committee. The Michigan came in and said, "We don't want any help. We're going to do our things our way. We don't want to disrupt our people from their, their 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 you know their mindset right now. Where this is a business trip, and we're coming down there to take care of business. And give us give ourselves a chance." to win the national championship. I think, you know, TCU, it's been a great year for them. Uh, they showed they were human in, in losing the, you know, the big 12 championship game. Um, you know, I, I think they're a really good football team, but they for sure were, you know, were a fringe uh, playoff team. There's a lot of people that argue that they shouldn't have been there, but uh, they deserve this opportunity. And could they pull off an upset? Sure they can. But, but I don't think it's going to take a superhuman effort from Max Duggan, Duggan, is it Duggan or yeah, Duggan? It's Duggan, yeah, right. Yeah. Duggan, yeah. From and he's he's had some big games this year, and he's he's impressed. He's a great leader. He's got a lot of talent around him. Uh, but it's going to take a superhuman effort from him. I, I think Michigan will probably win that game pretty comfortably. And then on the other side, Ohio State, Georgia. Um, you know, Ohio State has shown the ability to to step up and play really big in big games. I, I wouldn't be surprised. That would not be a uh, an upset that I think would, 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 people would say, you know, boy, that's an absolute shocker because they have some great players in Ohio State. And if they step up and play their best game and keep catch Georgia on not a perfect day, um, I think most people would not be surprised if that were to happen. But you got to go into the game thinking that with Stetson Bennett and all the, all the people they've got on both sides of the ball with Georgia, their experience in playing in this situation. Uh, they've got to be the favorite for sure in that football game. And uh, it would be an upset, but I wouldn't be surprised if it were to happen with Ohio State. Yeah, playing in the backyard there, the Peach Bowl, uh, Georgia, uh, against Ohio State. It's funny that you bring that up about the 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 Fiesta Bowl, because these are bowl games. But like you said, they're national semifinal games too. And I can't say that I blame Jim Harbaugh. And it kind of feels bad for those directors of the Fiesta Bowl and, and the other bowls because, yeah, th- this is not your traditional type of bowl thing where most teams are happy to be there. Uh, you mix in the the business with the pleasure. But for this, it, this is a a do or die. This is your semifinal game. This is what you've worked all you know your entire season or seasons you know to get to this point. 
And so I can kind of understand why it may not feel like a bowl game. You know what I mean? This is yeah. this is a playoff oh, yeah. game. This is like it's yeah, like a I, Super my, Bowl. My buddy, he thought he had a great argument. He he uh you know, he sent me this the sent a text out to this group chat chat that I'm on and he said, "Can you believe this, man? You know, a lot of a lot of superlatives in there as well." <laughs> uh he was pissed. He's like, "You know, we all take off a full week of work. We've been working all year long to make this situation uh, a special one for for both of the teams and those of us that got assigned to the Michigan, you know, uh, Michigan side of things, we're we're screwed. You know, this is terrible. Can you believe it? And I, my comment was very simple to him. I said, "Dude, it's a business trip for Jim Harbaugh and Michigan. That this period, they're not worried about you all. <laughs> this is a business trip. They're on a mission. Sorry, it's just the way it goes. It is." So, yeah. Well, let me it's ask a you, very man. Simple argument. What are you doing uh, tomorrow about twelve thirty? You got any plans? Well, I will be watching that game. <laughs> there you go. Tomorrow about twelve thirty. The, the Fighting other. Irish. The Fighting yeah. Irish are in the Gator Bowl. It's weird. We got a Gator Bowl. We've got a mi- middle of the day, a Friday against South Carolina. Uh, how excited are the Irish to be here? Well, I think that they're excited. Uh, you know, uh, it, it it would be a uh, a nice little uh, end of the season uh, for for Marcus Freeman's first year to to come out of it with the bowl game win and the Gator Bowl over a, a a South Carolina team that's shown it can play with the big boys on different occasions. So um, you know they're looking at it as just a a, a chance to start uh, in their 2023 season off. They're going to have a new quarterback in uh, this this week. Um, I think it's going to be Buckner um, who started the season. You know, I still don't think Notre Dame has a proven quarterback. That's what's held them back all year, I believe. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. But I I think they'll be primed and ready for this game. And uh, it'd be great to to finish off year one under Marcus Freeman with a a nice stamp, a good win over a good South Carolina team. All right. And the Irish, a a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. And we've seen Spencer Rattler do some special things with South Carolina, especially towards the end of the season. But, uh, yeah, I think it's an in- intriguing matchup. And I think for the most part, from here on out, we've got some pretty intriguing matchups for the rest of the bowl games. You know, it, 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 it's the new host bowl, my friend. It's the new host bowl. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> Coming strong with that Irish accent. Let's see, last time we got Lou Holtz. And, and now we, there, there it is. is. Is that Lou Holtz, uh, you know, you know, you know, saying it like that? Or who is that saying that? What is that? Well, let me just tell you, it, 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 it is a, a very um, globally respected Lou Holtz impersonation that I do. That's true. And so uh, <laughs> it, it is, it's uh, very highly regarded. But anyway, my point is that this is, you didn't talk, this is the Lou Holtz Bowl. It and, is. Uh, South Carolina. South Carolina no, right. Of yeah. course it is. Exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, we still don't think of Lou Holtz. Uh, you know, we think of him more as a Notre Dame coach than sure. we do as South Carolina. Sure. We, we do. But you're right. No I mean, doubt. Tie, ties to, to both schools. I mean, uh, yeah. where, where would Lou, uh, you know, is he going to sit on the 50-yard line for this? Is he going to sit at home? He's going to wear some, you know, uh, some green on one side and red on the other? Or what do you think? You know, I, I don't know. I haven't spoken to him uh, in the last few weeks, so I don't yeah. know exactly what he's going to be doing but i guarantee he will not be in the spotlight anywhere doing anything he he uh he's going to be watching yeah. with interest because he's he's a big supporter of marcus freeman and 
you know, I think he really wants to see the Irish finish it off right this this week as well. Now, see, we I, I should, we should have reached out to to Lou and had him on the show, you know, so we could specifically talk about this, and then I could ask him some <laughs> Burline questions. Why don't you set that up for us, huh? Why don't you call your old buddy and tell him that uh, hey, you know, your buddy in Las Vegas who uh, would love to talk with him, uh, talk about Notre Dame, South Carolina, and we want we need some Burline isms. That's what we need from Lou. Well. No, uh, he's got plenty of them. He always he finds a way to work me into every freaking uh, speaking engagement that he does. Um, he he throws a Burline story out there. Hey, there might uh, be a free so. bucket of chicken in for you if you you know you want to go ahead and manage that. There, you know, hey, if I could pull that off, it's going to take a little more than a bucket that, of chicken. That's okay. Say that. That's okay. Bucket of chicken, some of those Tito's. You know, a nice room around a golf. Well, sounds familiar. Yeah, no problem, man. Yeah. Yeah, I got sir. you, brother. I got. Well, we'll see if we can pull it off one of these days. Uh, all right, man. We'll let you go. We appreciate it, as always. Uh, have a happy new year. Uh, enjoy. I'm sure that uh, you know you're going to find yourself in a nice little, uh, you know, swaggy little party to go to on New Year's Eve, right? Well, actually, I think I'm probably going to go to a local sports bar that hosts a lot of Notre Dame events. Cool. Um, Listen to this name, Silky Sullivan Irish Pub. Oh wow! In in Fountain Valley, California, <laughs> and uh, the owners uh, went to my high school, and he's a Notre Dame fanatic, and uh, they do a great job of of promoting the Irish there, big time. So, uh, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. If you're looking for Steve Berline, Silky Sullivan's, there you go. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Uh, co- cocktail in hand, you'll be wearing some blue, some gold, some green. Yeah, I get you. All right. That's the way to spend it. Way to spend it. All right, brother. Appreciate you as always, and we'll talk to you real soon. All right. Take care. See you guys. My guy, Steve Berline, uh, the pride of the Irish, of course, uh, does a great job uh, on CBS uh, Sports Network as well, too, the uh, NFL Monday quarterback.